Welcome to Everything and Anything, where nothing's left off the table. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to week nine of Everything and Anything, where nothing's left off the table. We're your hosts, Mitchell Hallett. And I'm Austin Peters. It's week eight, Austin. Week eight. This is our St. Paddy's Day episode. We have a very special episode. Uh, Our St. Paddy's Day episode. Uh, Let us know what you guys are doing for St. Patrick's Day on our social medias. Uh, A little more interaction would be lovely on our social media pages. More more comments. More comments. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But uh, do you have any, just to start off with real quick, do you have any plans, Austin? Uh, I'm busy with meetings. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) So my event is, my night is full of meetings. So I, other than that, no. I'll probably have some corned beef when I get home. Oh, corned beef. Mm. Mm, yes. Y'all love that corned beef. Yeah. I won't be home, though, for my for the St. Patrick's Day meal that my mom usually makes. But uh, we'll be going out to the bars. We'll be having a fun time with my friends, celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Um, but we want to let you guys know, just have a safe, uh, stay safe, have a very safe yeah. St. Patty's Day. Um, I would say don't have too much fun. But it is the day of the Irish, and we know they like to have fun. So go out, have a blast, grab some cold brewskis, and enjoy the but day. But be safe. But be safe. safe. Yeah. <laughs> but happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do. We're truly valuing all the support that everybody's giving us. Uh, keep those comments coming. Let us know what topics you guys want to hear, um, and we will provide hopefully for you guys. Yeah. Um, we hope everybody liked our last episode about uh, why the world needs more bar, and it was one that definitely hit close to home for me. Um, but I think everybody's going to really enjoy what we have in store this week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about this one. I- I'm excited for this one. Uh, I- I'm not excited for anything else, but I'm excited for yeah. <laughs> more than usual. Yeah. Um, again, we have changed podcast platforms. Uh, you can find us on https colon backslash backslash anchor a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m slash mitchell m-i-t-c-h-e-l-l dash hallet h-a-l-a-t uh it's available on apple Podcasts, google breaker pocket cast radio public spotify and of course our website that i listed but austin without further ado let's get right into it uh this week we have our second interview here on everything and anything um I got the privilege to work with this fellow, uh, the guy that we're interviewing. I got the privilege to work with him at his time at DeKalb Motor Company, uh, where he was a new car sales manager. Um, I truly valued the time with him that uh, when I, while I was there and while he was there, um, I gained a great friend, a mentor, a uh, family member, and a brother in Christ with him. Uh, just over a year ago, actually, it just popped up in my memories is when uh, we all posted the farewell to, to him leaving, where he went on to his future. Um, he has three big roles that he had mentioned to us, which are being a husband, a father, uh, and a pastor at Serenity Church and account executive. But without further ado, I would like to welcome in the preacher, Mr. Darion Page. Well, greetings, friends. Greetings. It's so good to be here. Thanks for the kind words and the kind introduction. I suppose I need to send you a check now, huh? Hey, I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to, you know, you can. <laughs> no, nice Austin start. Mitchell, it is, it is so good to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, of course. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it a lot. Sure, 
Sure. You did get one thing wrong, though. When I left the dealership, you said I was off to better and bigger things, which isn't entirely true. Different things, but I don't think it gets any bigger or any better than DeKalb Motor Company. Uh, that, that's very true. You can't. <laughs> it's a different place there, for sure. Ah. <laughs> uh, but I'd say let's uh, dive right into some questions, Darion. Sounds good to me, man. So to uh, start off with, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Uh, not much to say. Um, was born in the um, born and raised in the south suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I'm about 45 minutes south of the city. Uh, great place to grow up um, at the time. It was a great place uh, to just be a kid. Um, lots of fun times with friends, lots of fun memories, uh, great high school experience, um, fled the coop, uh, went down to the real ISU, which is Illinois state. None of that Iowa state stuff. Uh, hey, hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> Roll clones. Went to the true, the, the, the true ISU, Illinois state university, um, did my undergraduate work down there, um, with the major and watch this philosophy so me and probably 10 other people in the world uh, and then a minor in political science so i guess by training i am a political philosopher hey, there you um, go. <laughs> and then later in life i developed research interests and um and 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 ethics um but um yeah a wonderful time down at illinois state um just a just a textbook college experience did graduate school at northern uh here in DeKalb. Uh, got a master's degree in education, um, higher education and leadership development were my um, emphasis. And uh, currently, I'm uh, in seminary at Northern Theological Seminary, um, working on a master's of arts in Christian ministry. Um, I guess broader than that, the plan is is one day um, uh, to study a P to earn a PhD. Um, and so, um, working, working toward that goal now. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Minus the part of, uh, Illinois state. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Roll clones, baby. <laughs> to each his own. Um, <laughs> so Darren, I have another, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, you already kind of answered this in the last question, but what path got you where you were at today? Yeah, yeah, sure. Great question. There, there was no one path, um, Austin, but, but what I will say is there were a lot of lessons learned the hard way. Okay. Um, so so if, if it was a path, it was paved with potholes. Um, I, I learned the most um, in, in those moments where um, I, I'd say I experienced failure. Uh, there was a lot of failure. There was a lot of frustration uh, that led to my forward motion. Now, at the time, I didn't feel like I was making progress because it was very uncomfortable. Um, and so looking back on it to Monday morning quarterback, if you will, um, I, I'd say uh, one of the things that I like to encourage younger people to do is is to learn to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Um, because a, a lot of times you feel like you're stuck or you have these major decisions with with major do I want um, do I do I stay away do I do I come back home do I stay local for a couple of years and then go off to university and and it's easy to get to get hung up um, on those decisions and, and and feel like you failed 
But um, as long as you, as as they would say, or Mitchell knows Durwood, um, he would he would often say just every morning you put your boots on and get to work. Um, as yep. long as you keep marching forward, uh, then you know all of those lessons combine uh, to attribute to your success. So so to get back to the heart of the question, I, I can't say there was one path. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because the path that I had outlined with bullet points and, and carefully selected fonts, um, it, that, that just didn't work out. This was, um, you know, this, I was only supposed to be in DeKalb County for three years and well over a decade later, here we are. So I guess they say, once you sip from that Kishwaukee river, you, you never leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of honestly what you're going along with what you're saying. It's kind of like uh, what Rocky says, where the world is going to beat you to your knees. But uh, just... that's 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 great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the preacher in me says, well, as long as you do some praying while you're down there, um, there you go. The the the, the rest will uh, the rest will pan out. Yeah, you just got to get back up and you got to keep fighting. That's yeah. it. Learn from your mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I made I made plenty of them, and still. Still to this day, make plenty of them. But um, uh, I think sometimes we we fear failure to the point of inactivity, and so uh, and so we stall on the road to progress because we're so afraid of making making mistakes or experiencing failure. But that is um, uh, par for the course, if you will. Part of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, what are your roles currently at the jobs that you are at right now? Uh, yeah. Between all the Serenity Church and um, your other roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess some would say I'm double-minded right now. Um, but, but I walk in, in two worlds. Um, I, I live in corporate America. Um, I'm a customer care partner is my, my official title, but in function, uh, it's an account executive role um, at Craneware Incorporated. And I'll talk a little bit more about Craneware uh, in, in a little bit if, if we get there. Um, but that's, that's uh, my corporate position. And I, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, I've always uh, had a fascination for business and corporate America, um, and so I, I, I really enjoy that part of my life. Um, and then in the ministry world, I, I'm the pastor at Serenity Church, um, which is rooted, um, well, the physical building, the physical location is is in Aurora, um, but that's that's my ministry world. And both of them are full time, so <laughs> it's, it's two it's two full time positions which get which can get really challenging. Um, but but I absolutely enjoy it, and 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 part of God's grace is is having the energy uh, to be able to live in both of those worlds while also in graduate school pursuing a master's degree, while also being a husband, while also being a father to an eleven year old highly emotional and dramatic daughter. <laughs> and a a very chill and cool and laid back four year old son. So your daughter got the genetics of you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Just kidding, Narion. <laughs> so, getting into our next question, um, getting to your role as a pastor, what is the most satisfying thing about being a pastor? It's, yeah, yeah. You know, also I'm gonna pick on your 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 buddy and your co-host here, uh, Mitchell, and and I think he's a great example of what I really love about the work that I do in the ministry, and that's just watching people grow and develop. I I remember this, this oh God. scrawny farmer kid <laughs> shows up at the dealership one day, and I'm like, 
who what okay <laughs> when did we become a site for big brothers of america what what, what is this kid doing here and and over time you know he he was influenced <clears throat> not not all of that was <laughs> <laughs> uh, i could possibly be a plane <laughs> yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but no, just just seeing just seeing growth in people, and and um, you know, I think it was Walt Disney that said, you know, people aren't aren't bottles to feel, but they're candles to light. So, not that 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 the older or the the supervisor or the manager or the leader is the expert that teaches, right? But but just kind of living life with people and, and walking with them and, and learning from each other. Uh, again, I'm, I'm from the South suburbs of, of, um, of Chicago. So for Mitchell, corn comes from the field. For me, corn comes out of a bag or a can from the grocery store. Um, and, and so just kind of walking with people and, and watching them learn and grow and then learning from them and, and growing uh, because of your kinship and your relationship and your friendship um, it is is probably the most satisfying thing about being being a pastor. Um, we we get invited into some very intimate spaces. Um, we we celebrate and and we get called in um, at the birth of children and and grandchildren, and we get called to celebrate graduation parties, and, and all of that's phenomenal. Uh, but we're also there with families um, in the hospital when they when they take take loved ones off of life support and we sit and literally watch the pulse drop until their loved one passes away slip from earth to glory right and so so you have those challenging moments as well um uh, but just being able to be with people to love people um and, and to walk with them is is the most satisfying thing for me uh, about being a pastor wow i think that's kind of going to lead into our next question a little bit um, like, can you tell us a little bit about your calling into your pastoral ministry? Um, and why do you feel that, why do you feel called to serve at Serenity Church? Yeah. So uh, Serenity, um, was non-existent until, um, I, well, I guess technically we got our articles of incorporation in, I think, uh, April or May of, of 2020, but we began laying the groundwork in January, 2020. And, and Mitchell was a critical part of that. He designed our logo, uh, oh, wow. which is very attractive. And we get, to this day, we still get compliments on, on that logo. That's 75 bucks I've spent. <laughs> there we go. That, 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 that circle logo though, Brie. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks good. Um, so, so Serenity didn't exist, but, but um, I, I never wanted to organize um, a, a new church. Um, I, I, I always sense a calling into the ministry. Um, I, I remember, um, uh, my daughter hears, hears this story and she just cringed. She think, she thinks I was the weirdest child, right? I remember I was in second grade, um, when I knew I was just going to be a preacher. And so I would take my sister, my sister had all of these teddy bears and, and she would line them up, uh, under her window in her bedroom. And I would I would stand in front of her teddy bears and preach uh, to, to the teddy bears. And that's when I began um, studying the craft of oratory um, and, and they would be the congregation. And um, 
and, and so I was was second grade seven, seven years old or so, seven, eight years old. Um, and so I always thought an existing church would just call me up and hire me. Um, but I, I, I felt called to, to go a different route because um, many of the churches, while, while we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, there's some good stuff in tradition and tradition has its place. Um, but I think when there's a generational divide um, where we're going to miss, we're going to start to miss uh, younger generations because we're trying to force tradition down their throats. And so um, uh, uh, Serenity, uh, though we're a young church, we represent uh, four generations. Um, we've got, you know, we've got folks that are in their 70s uh, and then we've got folks in their teens and younger uh, that are with that are with us uh, and, and members of the church. So uh, I, I, I was called uh, to reach uh, a multi, uh, a multi-generational, multi-generational demographic. It is very challenging. The 70 year olds just want to hear amazing grace. Just can we just sing amazing grace? And the young people are like, if I hear amazing grace one more time, I'm going to throw up and scream. Um, and so just, <laughs> just trying to the older people want offering envelope envelopes so that they can put their write a check and put their check in the envelope younger people like i don't even own a checkbook what, what, are, we, what are we doing um so it, it has its challenges to pastor uh, multiple generations but um that that's uh one of the biggest one, one of the biggest areas um and one of the biggest factors in, in my call to pastor at serenity okay um, so I'm looking at our next question, but I'm going to kind of change it a little bit. Um, okay. um, has your faith always, like growing up, you've always had your faith since mm -hmm. you're young all the way till now. You've always had a faith, a strong faith. I, I, I did. And then I didn't. Um, you know, I, I, I like and I, I think of myself like the Bible story, not to get too preachery here. Uh -huh. But there's a, a Bible story in the uh, Old Testament that talks about um, young, young Samuel, uh, when Samuel was, quote unquote, called to, to the ministry. And, and young Samuel, he was in church. That's all he knew. He was working in the synagogue. He, he, was, he was a laborer. He, he spent all of his time in, in the church and he studied under the priest Eli. And, and yet when the Lord spoke to Samuel in the dream, Samuel was confused. Um, so I, I think on the one hand, there's this sense of, yeah, I've, I've always been in the church. And on Saturdays, I was there helping the pastor. And on Sundays, I was running the camera and learning the uh, how to run the soundboard. And, and there was all of this involvement. And so uh, I, 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 I don't know if involvement in church and faith in Christ is one and the same. Uh, I think we can get busy. Uh, we can get busy with church work and think that church work and the work of the church is the same thing. And so so very early on, yes, there was a faith. I was fascinated by all things church. Uh, I had buddies that could tell you all of the pro athletes, be it in baseball or football, what college they came from, how much they weighed, when they were drafted, what team they went to. And, and I could tell you, what preachers started at what church and what seminary they went to and who their role models were, right? So I've always had this fascination about church and church business, um, but it wasn't until later in life um, when 
when I when the Lord just started bringing people into my life, like Mitchell and others that we worked with at the dealership, Ryan and, and Blaine, just genuinely good people, uh, people that are so dynamically different than me. Uh, you know, Mitchell was still confused as to why I won't go to his barbershop. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> there are some dynamic differences, right? Uh, but at the same time, we're we're humans and, and we're brothers, right? And and um, and so uh, it wasn't until much later in life that those those dots began to to connect for me. So 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 get to get back to it, Austin. Yeah, the faith was always there, but it it took um, it took a long period of time, and, and it's still it's still developing, right? Um, mm-hmm. My my faith is, is is still developing and growing. Yeah. What uh, what was your biggest struggle about starting up your own church, um, and especially during the time that we're in with the pandemic and everything? Uh, what was your biggest struggle going throughout that and trying to get Serenity Church started? Well, I'm so grateful. I don't I don't have to do it on my own. It, it's you know, Serenity Church belongs. Well, it's God's church and it belongs to God's people, and so um, we have a wonderful board of directors. Um, uh, and, and we, we labor together in love. Um, we support each other. We challenge each other's ideas. Um, and so I, 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 I didn't have to do it and I don't have to do it alone. And I am so grateful for that. Um, uh, but you know, our biggest, what could be viewed as our biggest burden is also our biggest blessing. And, and, and that's, you know, when, when COVID hit, and we went into this pandemic, the rules, the guidelines, the procedures for church, how things are done. We've always all of that went out the window um, and that could have been a burden, but it, it turned out to be a blessing because we had the liberty to get creative. And I think that if I would have shown up before the pandemic and said, you know, I, I think when we get started, we're not going to meet in person. I'm going to preach from my basement with my house slippers on and you all are going to just stay at home and watch on Zoom. But I still want you to send in your offering, but that will allow us to build a savings account without any expense. There is no way I think that would have flown two years ago. They would have thought I was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but but we because of uh, because of COVID. Um, we have the liberty to get creative and, and to try new approaches without the burden of tradition. So, um, you know, we, we just took those lemons and, and, and made lemonade. So the biggest struggle was um, finding creative ways to be the church, not to do church, not to be in church, but to be the church uh, was, was a struggle. But, you know, we've been blessed. We rose to the occasion and, and here we are. Yeah, you through COVID, you definitely had to find forever a lot of things. You had to find a different way to do everything. Everything, man. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I've followed you actually, and I don't know if you know this or not, but I followed you on Serenity Church on your YouTube page. Uh, I try to tune in as much as I can to watch your services. Um, oh. <laughs> um, so obviously, like you, you have your live streams going on YouTube um, for your services, but. Um, are you planning, when are you planning on actually getting it back into in-person church services or have you already done that? April 4th, April 4th, 11 o'clock. April 4th. We are 
first in person. That's it. And it's also Easter Sunday. So there's something to be said okay. about our first in person uh, service coinciding with the resurrection. Yeah. Um, uh, so there, there's some powerful symbolism there. But uh, yeah, that, that will be our first service. So we are um, uh, busy, busy, busy uh, preparing for that uh, and beyond our preparation, certainly being prayerful. Uh, about that worship experience. So uh, April 4th, we rent a space um, in a banquet hall, uh, Belle Salle Banquets. It's on New York Street in Aurora. Okay. Um, but we'll, we'll be there uh, 11 o'clock, uh, April 4th. For all you ever thinking anything, listeners, make sure to be there. Check out yep. Darion's first in-person service. It'd be a good time, man. Um. Going to our next question, you also already answered uh, this. Um, but what made you want to start your own church? Is it and you said that you've always younger, have always had a passion to preach. So has it always been a dream of yours to start your own church, or is it just something that's just come along the way that you're just now like, oh yeah, I'm gonna try to pursue this. Yeah. What well, we'll hear, Austin, you know, Mitchell, I want, I want to use Mitchell's phrase. Well, <laughs> well, well. So, so, so the call, so, so they're, they're, they're different, different levels, right? Preaching isn't necessarily pastoring. You can, okay. you can be a preacher without pastoring a church, right? Okay. Uh, and so you can be a preacher and serve under the leadership of a pastor. So I always knew I was called to preach. And then, and then after that, I knew I was called to pastor, right? And, and then for me, that was just it. And, and like I said earlier, I just thought, hey, I was going to get hired at a church uh, and we were going to eat some macaroni pasta or whatever and have a celebration. And then I was going to pastor there for 40 years, 30, 40 years, and then retire. Uh, th this thing of organizing um, and, and starting, starting from scratch that that was not in my plan, and and certainly to organize and start from scratch during a global pandemic, that that for sure wasn't in my plan. Um, but but we followed a call, uh, a conviction to combine uh, traditional elements of our faith in a contemporary fashion. I'm reminded of marketing in grocery stores. You'll see products that say "New Look, Same Taste," um, mm -hmm. and so uh, we we wanted to offer a fresh approach. Uh, we wanted to offer a fresh approach to how church is done without losing some of uh, the important traditions of the faith. Okay. Um, another another question I have for you is, um, what is your favorite scripture and why? Or do you have a few of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, full yeah, of these things. I remember getting all the, all the scriptures at the dealership. <laughs> they just come, man. They just come. <laughs> they they honestly they just come. We would be at the dealership and whatever we would talk be talking about life problems or a girl or whatever, and he would be like, "Well, let me give you the scripture," and then you'd <laughs> go on about it. Mitchell's like, "I met this girl at Target." Well, <laughs> let's let's not forget what the psalmist said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remember the there, there, there is one about something about crossing the railroad tracks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, tons, tons of stories. But in terms of favorites, for years, for years, for years, my favorite was Romans twelve and two, uh, and be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. Okay, uh, which is obviously important to me as I keep racking up these degrees, right? But renewing your mind.
but but slowly, slowly that that Romans 12 passage is is being bumped down to number two, and my number one spot is is First uh, Timothy 4 and 16, uh, which and I'm gonna paraphrase it here, but it's mind your own business and take care of yourself, and then others around you will see it and be inspired. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, you you won't catch me standing on the street corners, uh, with the with the microphone, uh, blasting people with scriptures. But but just just uh, as the scripture says, if you just mind your own business and and live well, old folks used to say it like this: folks would rather see a sermon than to hear one. And okay. so, um, I, you know, with without me walking around with a cross hanging around my neck and all of that, uh, you you should see the faith in the God I believe in by how I treat other people and, and how I live. That That's my goal. Okay. Yeah, I think those are honestly, those are two like really good scriptures to like live so, by, honestly. It's good li- life lessons, honestly. I think so. Within them. Mm-hmm. So next we're actually, we're going to move on. I just have one question about it, but we're going to move on to uh, the dealership. Yeah. I know you're not there anymore. But no. um, sadly, he left us. He left us. Uh, <laughs> he left all of us at the dealership. But like it's I said at the beginning, he's on to he's on to bigger things. But different things, different different things. things. But uh, so I, per, I I I know your story behind getting to the dealership. We had obviously, like I said before, many talks, many scripture talks, all that stuff. They're at the dealership. Um, as it like you weren't originally planning on getting to the dealership and it kind of correlated with my whole story of not originally planning on being at the dealership. And then all of a sudden you're there and you're there yep. for a while. Uh, so yep. do you want to just give us a rundown of your uh, story about getting to the dealership? Sure. Austin had asked earlier about, you know, uh, the path. And, and I said, really, it's just, uh, you know, I kind of just fumbled into stuff, um, just bumping, bumping through life. And 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 that's how the story is about getting to the the story goes about getting to the to the dealership. And so I, I talked about failures and frustration. And um, I, I started graduate school uh, at Northern in 2009 and and um, grant money that I was relying on. I was a young husband. Uh, I was a soon to be dad. Uh, my wife was pregnant with uh, Caitlin, my oldest. And um Grant money that I was expecting to come in didn't come in. So here I am, uh, husband, and I got a baby on the way and and no money to get through school. So I ended up taking a semester off. It was a two-year program. I took a semester off when my daughter was born. Um, and, and so I just saw all of my classmates, my cohort would have graduated in May of 2011, but I was a semester behind. So now here I am graduating in December of 2011 when all my buddies, they graduated in May of 2011. And, and that, that frustration that I talked about earlier. Uh, and in higher ed, my plan was to go work in leadership development, dean of students type work for, for college or university. Uh, but the hiring cycle doesn't begin until the springtime, April, May-ish time of the year. Now I'm coming out with degree in hand in December so that left me with about a three-month gap of time, um, and at this point, my daughter is is uh, Caitlin is twenty, so she would have been one, about to be two, and so I couldn't just take three months off work. I I, I needed to do something, 
So I picked up the newspaper and there's this new dealership in town and they're hiring sales consultants. Yo, okay, surely, yeah, I'll, I'll go sell Cadillacs for three months. That'll be fun. And maybe they'll even let me demo one, right? I can drive Cadillac. So I go down to um, to meet with uh, meet with the team and applied for a, uh, a sales salesperson uh, gig. And uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get the job. But instead, I got hired as the internet sales. At that time, I was the internet sales manager. And I said, uh, well, well, great. I'll, I'll manage the internet sales team. Let me meet them. Oh, uh, yeah, we don't have one. We don't, we don't have a team. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, let let me internet sales. So you know we're selling from the internet. Let me do a little research. What's the website? Yeah, we don't have one of those either. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I need to get to work. You know, where would I where would I work? Yeah, we haven't figured that part out yet. Neither we'll <laughs> we'll find your place. Okay, well, what kind of computer? Yeah, you'll need to go buy one of those. We don't we don't you know you know. Oh wow. And so I ended up sharing a desk with three people, uh, Mike Ford and Ryan Gilliland, who is who owns the dealership. And, you know, we launched the website, we built a new building. And again, I was only supposed to be there for three months selling cars until I went to work in my field. And uh, without belaboring the point, that three month stint. You know, gosh, I'm getting emotional. Uh, that three month stint turned that that's surprising, right? I, I've never seen month, you emotional. That that three month stint turned into eight years, and um, oh wow, and and you know, and so uh, it, it was never ever about the money. I, I was challenged. I worked with great people, and and most importantly, I believed in their vision, which is to be so effective that we're able to be helpful to others. I, that's not just something that I said. I, I believe that that's part of my life philosophy. Um, so I, I stayed there until my season was over. And, and, and now here the preacher in me is gonna come out. But, but I think too often um, people don't give themselves enough time to develop where they are. Um, you know, it's, not, it's like when, when you're farming. Now, I don't know this to be true. Mitchell, correct me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't suspect you put a seed in the ground and then constantly dig it up to make sure it's growing. Nope. <laughs> and, and I think a, a lot of times, you know, I, I failed a lot at the dealership. Unfortunately, Ryan didn't kick me out and see, but, but uh, I, I was allowed to grow and nurture. Um, and, and a lot of times I think people get restless and they move prematurely, um, even though they have a plan, whatever that plan is. And then they want to just, they, they find something different and they just want to uproot and change the plan. Um, but part of what I learned at the dealership is that you, you got to be in it for the long haul, um, not not chasing the, the next biggest and best thing, um, but, but being in it for the long haul so that you can really learn and, and really develop so that you can be productive when you move on to your next assignment in life. I 100% agree with you about all the statements with the dealership and the to be so effective that we're able to be helpful to others like that's not just something you say during the meetings. Like everybody that's there believes it and lives by that every day when they come to work. And at least for me, like I never considered going there as like work. I was going there seeing my buddies, seeing my second family, all that stuff. Like it, it's, it's a really good place to work at. And there's a lot of opportunity to work up too, as you experienced. It, it is. I'd say two things. One, you'd have to be nuts to want to work in an environment like that. 
You you have to be nuts. And then two, <laughs> once you start working there, you have to be nuts to leave it. Yeah. It's such a great place. It honestly <laughs> is. It's yeah. hard to leave that place. Like but, it, you know, it is. It is. And people would ask me, Well, how do you all do it? It's such a great place. And I'm like, Well, <laughs> we we make popcorn. Uh, I, on Saturdays. Yep. What's your recipe for success? Ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it, <laughs> they've created a very different environment there, but it works and it's a great environment. And uh, I, I mean, it speaks measures too. like when you have people leaving, whenever somebody leaves and goes on to a different job, stuff like that, like everybody gets together and we all go out to the bar or we go out to dinner or something to celebrate that person yep. working there. That's just how close everybody is. Yep. Agreed. So our next question is, what does your job at um, Craneware as an accountant executive entail? And what is your favorite part about the job? Yeah. So we're, we're a software company. Uh, interestingly enough, um, the company is based in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, so, so again, talking about bumping, bumping through life. Um, I, I, I spoke for someone, then got invited to teach a class out for the Kishwaukee Education Consortium. Uh, then I got that led to being invited to serve in the, the Rotary Club in Sycamore, which then led me to being on the board at the Midwest Museum of Natural History and the president of the board. Uh, oh, wow. Also worked for Northwestern Hospital. And then she left Northwestern and ended up taking a job at Craneware and then was building a team and needed some account executives to come on board. And she called me up. Right. Oh, wow. And so okay. that's literally how it how it happened. I was at the auto show last February, enjoying enjoying the scenes with my family, and I get a text message: "Is this still the number for Darion Page?" And I'm like, "Oh, who did I piss off?" <laughs> um, and and I thought it was a prank because that's part of what we do at the dealership, right? Yeah. Is we prank. <laughs> I. Legitimately yeah. did not. I went through, and I went through the interview literally trying to blow it because I just didn't think it was real. <laughs> uh, and so they're like, "Why should we hire you?" And I'm like, "That is a phenomenal question. Why should you?" <laughs> I, 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 I didn't think it was real until like I got a box on my porch with like the the, the laptop and the and the cell phone and stuff, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is real. big dog over there." Um, but but we're we're a software company based in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, that offers technology to hospitals and medical groups uh, aimed at protecting their revenue integrity. Um, and so when when you look at our customers and when you look at the life cycle of a customer. Uh, for for our customers, it the life cycle really has three stages. It has implementation, and that's when uh, a new solution or solution is installed at the hospital, uh, and it comes with about eighteen months of training. So they buy it from a sales executive, and then our implementation team flies out and they spend some time with them, and then they're implementing for eighteen months. After that eighteen month process, uh, the customer goes into what's called the maintenance stage. So so they got it. Um, they know how to use it. And that's when the account executive or the customer care partner, that's where my role comes in. Okay. Um, my job is to, to work with the customer to provide ongoing support. Uh, the, the ultimate goal is to help them realize and, and see return on investment and, and to keep capitalizing, to maximizing 
of the solutions they have. And then the third stage in the life cycle is renewal. And that's just when the, when the customer's contract is up. Um, and that's when the sales team gets back involved. They renew the contract and then, and then we're off to the races again for another, um, be it 12 months or 24 months or five years, however long the contract is. So, so, so that's, that's, what the job entails in a nutshell. Uh, my favorite part, it, it's so much learning. Again, I was almost a decade at the dealership and then I jumped in into I jumped into a, an entirely different field field, but I, I really enjoy teaching. Uh, that's my passion. I, I enjoy teaching Bible study more than I enjoy preaching on Sunday morning. Now I, I enjoy preaching, don't get me wrong, but by nature I'm an educator. And so helping customers understand our solutions, it, it just, it's an awesome feeling. Um, I enjoy meeting people, uh, you know, learning about, you know, I, you know, whether it's my customer, uh, Natalie, down in, in Victoria, Texas, at, at Citizens Medical Center, learning about her grandson, or Sonia and her grandkids in, in, uh, at Upson Regional Medical Center uh, in, in Georgia. But, but just getting to know all of these folks and helping them in their day-to-day -day work is, is just, uh, it's very rewarding. That, that's my favorite part of, of the job. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a long process when you're telling me about that. But yeah, that's yeah, really neat. That's cool. And I, yeah, I enjoy it. I, I think going off of that, I, you probably kind of answered some of the, the next question, but uh, what keeps you motivated each day to go out uh, and do the best that you can at these jobs? Yeah, so, you know, there's, there's a quote I absolutely love. Um, and, and here's the quote, here's the quote. Someone once told me the definition of hell, and the definition of hell was, is on your last day on earth, the person you could have become will meet the person you became. Oh, wow. <laughs> the person you could have become meets the person you became. That's and, a really good quote. It, it is. Yeah. And, and I yeah. love it. And I wish it, it's anonymous. I wish I knew who said it so I can give them the proper credit. That Those aren't my words, but it, it's an anonymous quote. But I, I like it because, uh, you know, at the heart of it is the idea that it is popular to settle for mediocrity. And, and, and I believe, in fact, the, the mission, uh, not the mission, but the motto for Serenity Church is life abundantly. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that we won't have setbacks or challenges or obstacles, but it means that we're, we are able to live well, to be productive, and to live with peace and joy. And, and so I am motivated each day to go out and do the best I can because I want to be. And, and just right there, just to be and to be well, I want to be a good person and not not just do a bunch of stuff, because I think we also live in a culture of busybodies where they're they're running here and running there and they've got two or three cell phones and, and this going on and that going on and they're doing, doing, doing. And, and there's a lot of activity, but there's no action. I think and, that that's very powerful, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's and so they they have this treadmill mentality where there's 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 movement, but there there's motion, but there's no movement. And 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 so what what motivates me is I I don't want to get to the end of my life and then and then the light comes on and say, see all that you could have done. I, I want to to live to the fullest at, at maximizing my potential. And and that's what motivates me. 
Now, now I say all of that. Now, let me be real. It's tough. It It's tough to, to preach. This weekend, I preached two sermons, and now I'm preparing for a funeral and got to do some traveling this week and, and to do all that on the weekend and then to get up on Monday and change gears and go into account executive mode and then pause that. And then on my lunch break, I'm hiring a drummer for the first worship service and then call in the sound guy to make sure we got the mics and then come off of that and then go back to help a customer with the Charge Master Toolkit for their Jeez. hospital. That, that, that's rough, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. And then out of all of that, I've got my four-year-old remote learning. So he's building a, a Lego tower in the background. <laughs> Caitlin is upstairs and she's mad because... You know, she didn't get invited to this birthday party, but this person did. And, and so you got all of these different dynamics <laughs> at play, right? And it, it's tough. But but to balance all of those pieces, because I, I, I want to, to, to live well. And I, I don't want to just have a lot of activity, but I want to actually have action in life and make an impact. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people should. Because like you said, a lot of people kind of just with the treadmill activity, like they there's motion, like you said, but they're not like moving forward or yeah. making stuff happen. And I, I think that's really important to look at and recognize in your life. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. You, you are a very, very busy yeah. man. Yeah. It, it gets busy, man. It, it gets busy. It does. <laughs> so this kind of ties into our next question. Um, our next question is what are your hobbies outside of work? But you are a very busy man, but what, what do you do? <laughs> You know, it sounds busy, but it's, it's really, it's, it's you know, and then you throw school on top of that. It just sounds like, wow. But, you, you know, you get into your groove. And and in all of that, and I want to challenge the two of you uh, as well, everybody, uh, one day out of out of seven, take, take a, in the Bible, they call it a Sabbath, but you, you got to take a day off. You, you got to take a day off. You've got to, as Stephen Covey would say, you've got to sharpen the saw. Um, and, and, and right now my one day off is Sunday because we pre-record service on Saturdays. But when we go in person on Sundays, then my one day off will be Saturday, but, but you, you got to do it. So whoever's listening one day out of seven, if you know, it, the God created everything in six days and then one day he took off. Now, if, if he can do it, surely we can, we can find the time to take one day off. Um, but, but outside of work, um, I, now I have to confess that during COVID I've spent way more time in front of the television than ever before um i, you I know, think I, we all have yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh i'm watching i i'm almost embarrassed sometimes to say how much television i've started watching but um beyond that i love reading i i've got a wonderful library um of 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 just just scholarly material that i enjoy plowing through um, and then outside of reading, I am, uh, Mitchell can attest to this, a very, very, very amateur golfer, golfer. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm working on my game. I've been saving up. So this spring, I'm going to treat myself to a new set of irons. Hey, there you um, go. Uh, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah. We better test those things out. We have to, man. We have to. Um, so I've been, been saving for a little while. Um, so, uh, very, very amateur, but reading and, and when I can getting out and enjoying the outdoors and golfing. Um, so yeah, those are, those would be my, my big hobbies. You, you'd have, you'd probably be proud of me. I got a, a book that my pastor gave me that I've started reading. It's called Callings for Life and God's Plan you know, and Your Purpose. Good. Read it, man. Cover to cover a couple of times. I, I, I've been, I'm, I'm getting there. Good. 
I'm, it's been busy with schoolwork, but I'm getting there. I'm hoping. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, that, that's good. Work, work through it. Digest it. Chew on it. And, uh, well, yeah, this is actually one of the first, because usually I'm a person with my books that I don't like, like writing in them and stuff like that. But this is one that I've been taking a highlighter and like highlighting parts of it and like things that stand good. out and everything. So good. That's good to hear, man. Good. 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 What, what is a book? What is your favorite book in your library? Ooh. There we go. Ooh, that, that's <laughs> tough, man. It, I'd, I'd say it's whatever I'm reading at the particular moment. Um, okay. it, it used to be for many years, uh, many years, I was a huge fan of The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, and in this past year of pastoring, um, I, I look more critically on that work, and I find that I'm critiquing it more than I'm quoting it these days. Um oh. But but for many years, I just I taught from it and I lectured from it and 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah. Oh gosh, I I can't. That that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm reading. Uh, I'm reading a beautiful mind. It was uh, uh, the the book that the movie by Russell Crowe. I think oh one oh two or something. That movie came out. Um, uh, it was based on, but a beautiful mind by Sylvia Nassar. Is what I'm what I'm working on now. So, okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, our last question here for you: um, What is a piece of advice that you could give to younger people uh, going to college, uh, getting out in the real world, um, as well as those ones that are looking to become a pastor and stuff like that as well? Yeah. Great question. If you're going to college, getting out in the real world, looking to go into business or the ministry, my advice is it's all the same. And uh, to put it succinctly, I'll quote from William Shakespeare. Uh, Shakespeare said, this above all, to thine own self be true. And, and, it, and it will follow as the night to the day. You cannot be false to any man. Get, be true to thine own self. A quote I used to share with Mitchell back at the dealership that uh, puts it with some very Southern language, uh, Shakespeare's quote in Southern language. If if you is who you ain't, then you, you ain't who you, who you is. <laughs> if, if you is who you ain't. I was wondering where you're going with this. <laughs> so, oh, God, you told me that all the time. In other words, just, just be you and, and constantly constantly commit to being the best the best you uh, you can be uh, reverend dr otis moss says it he says i live in a constant state of personal dissatisfaction um i'm constantly striving he he strove he, you know he improved his diet then he became a vegetarian then he became a vegan just, just always 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 striving to be the best version of you possible not not trying to compete with anybody else or running anybody else's race but but running your race and and always striving to just to just do you and do you better um that 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 would be my my advice i i i i really i remember hearing that quote an awful lot <laughs> at the dealership i like that i like that i like the southern like you quoted that shakespeare and i'm amazed um <laughs> that, that, that's darion for you that's what he does <laughs> I, yeah, but we are gonna end on this one. Uh, you'll you'll get a kick out of this one. This is what uh, Darion used to uh, tell me all the time. Uh, go on and get in here. 
Get on in here. <laughs> get on in here. That's right. <laughs> he told me that. I mean, he was on a phone call with, I think, his mom. Or was it your mom or your sister? Yeah, probably, probably. And they were like, they said that. I was I was like, what, what are you guys talking about here? That's how we end every conversation. Well, I better get on in here. Yeah. <laughs> so as he would say, we better get on in here. Uh, we thank you for your time. Uh, thank you. Thank it, you. It, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, glad you we were finally able to figure out a time and get this done. Um, yeah. But uh, good luck with your first in-person service. Yeah. People that are uh, our fans, make sure April 7th, right, you said? April 4th. April 4th. April 4th. April 4th. April 4th Easter Sunday. Check out yep. Serenity Church. That circle logo, though, Brie. That's it. That's it. Hey, Austin and, and Mitchell, you all are doing phenomenal work. I, I followed you on Instagram. My marketing team at the church has me on IG because they say I got to be I got to be more hip now. So, you know, they got me doing <laughs> different things. Uh, but get on in there on IG. Yeah. Yeah. Get on <laughs> in there. I did connect. But I want to encourage the two of you to, to keep using your platform, man. And it's nothing wrong with having a good time. But but make sure you use continue to use your platform responsibly because you never know whose life you're going to touch. So I commend you um, for stepping out, uh, stepping out. It's a it's a leap of faith. Um, and and I'm looking forward. Get me the information on how you're collecting donations. I want to sow a seed into the work that you're doing and a financial seed and and just commend you to to keep keep moving forward and keep up the great work. I'm proud of both of you. Hey, we appreciate that a lot. Yeah, thank you. And I we really appreciate you coming on. This was a great episode. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoyed myself, but besides, aside from being harassed by Mitchell before we started the recording. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I appreciate you both. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Anytime. So that is all we have. It was a very, very fun episode. It was. Uh, it, was. it was a lot of fun. It was, it was I, good I really catching up it. with Darion. Yeah, it was uh, good. Um, so like I said, thank you, Darion, for coming on to the podcast. Uh, for our listeners, please check out Serenity Church on YouTube, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so yeah, check out those three platforms for them. Uh, give them a shout out. Um, and yeah, thank you, Darion, for coming on. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you for, to our listeners for um, listening to another episode of Everything and Anything, where nothing's left off the table. Uh but come back next week uh, for another episode. Uh, we, we're not 100% sure on our topics yet, but we will figure it out. Uh, like I said in the beginning, make sure to um, go on to our Facebook and our Instagram, or if you know Austin and I personally, shoot us a text message um, mm -hmm. or Snapchat of what you guys want to hear, uh, and we'll talk about it for you. So keep the support up. We're going to get that link going here somewhat soon. i got to figure out how to get that working uh, for donations because we would like to get some, whatever, some hats, some t-shirts, or just improve our equipment, yeah. stuff like that, um, and get our viewers involved, or listeners, I guess I should say, involved. Um, so yeah, I'll get that link going somewhat, hopefully shortly. Uh, keep up the support, and uh, that's all we got for today. Thank you for listening. Love you guys. Everything and anything. Was it really left off the table? <laughs>